Loch Ness in Scotland, a place of secrets and legend. Hidden in the murky depths lies a mystery unsolved for 1,500 years. Is this the home of the Loch Ness Monster? There's something in Loch Ness that shouldn't be there. We go monster hunting on the latest sonar sweep of the loch, and the mystery thickens. Loch Ness locals tell us about their sightings of Nessie. We were scared, really scared, because we just didn't know what it was. Jacob to America is presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the wide Episode 155 of the Art and Jacob. I, 155? Yeah, 155 of the Art and Jacob sure. America podcast. Fuck it. Fuck it. I am um, Under Eye Bag McGee, Mr. Jacob Pixton, and to my digital left is is Tupac Sh- the Mexican Tupac Shakur, if you will, with his fucking do-rag on. Why, oh, why, yeah. why did you turn it backwards again? What do you mean? I uh, Well, we just said wearing your bandana forward with the knot in the front. Yeah, the H Mama style, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, it's like, what the heck is that, dude? That's It's very Aunt Jemima. I'm not <laughs> trying to rock the Aunt Jemima haircut, dude. Do you remember West Side Connection? Like, um, I do. I, I remember Dub C, like, he 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 said H Mama style or H Mama style. I, I don't know what it was, but I get that he was talking about that, like, with the bandana tied up in the front or whatever. Dude, it's funny how, like, 90s rappers would make these, like, very, like, absurd references. Doesn't Snoop Dogg say something like, I heard your mama was a Crisco Dyke or something like that. Oh, a Frisco <laughs> Dyke. Frisco Dyke. Or like yeah. something like that where it's just like. A Crisco Dyke? Like she was a fucking lesbian making bake, like pastries so and shit? I never knew that he said Frisco Dyke, but I I always assumed he said Crisco Dyke. Like it was like the oil. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I was wrong <laughs> all these years. I'm glad you clarified that. Frisco Dyke makes more sense. Yeah, it does. It's very, very homophobic but it's whatever or like yeah. <laughs> it was the 90s guys different different time shout out miss waddell I, <laughs> I got nothing else to say on that anyways guys um before we get started art do you want to jump into our sponsor yes hey guys go to cavemancoffee.com check out their entire inventory of coffees coffee beans nitro cold brews hoodies coffee mugs t-shirts easy madness that they have on that website um and right now i mean it's mother's day today but if you didn't get your mother anything 
and you don't feel like running to the local Target, type in America at checkout once you find something delightful for your mother. It'll give you 15% off. It'll help us. It'll give us some kickback on that. Um, and it'll tell them that Art and Jacob sent you. So, you know, if you're a terrible son, you didn't get your mom anything, go ahead and do that. Yes. And uh, make sure you head to the Podbelly Network. And they got a little promotion going on right now where you can get some free swag. So apparently Podbelly, we have a shop up there for Podbelly merchandise. So, you know, Kevin the Pig, the logo for Podbelly Network. If you um, enter uh, promo code uh, Kevin the Pig, you know, at checkout, uh, you'll get a free sticker. So uh, let me double check that, by the way, because I don't, I don't know even if they have those in stock. So like every Podbelly like podcast is doing that right now. And I'm like. King alone, like those motherfuckers are enough yeah. to like make that thing run out. Let me see here. Make sure here. Cause I don't want to give you guys fake news. Okay. All right. So art entertain the masses while I look this up real quick. All right. So recently I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how, uh, I guess friends, the television show friends has, uh, made a, a comeback with like the younger youth that are just refining that show, which I think is really strange. Cause I hate mm. the show friends. I do too, dude. It sucks, dude. And they were talking about, so they were discussing which show is better friends or the office. And of course it's the office. Oh, hands down. Yeah. dude. Yeah. And then I was like thinking like, man, how come people don't put it's always sunny in Philadelphia in that? Cause it's always sunny in Philadelphia to me is like the go-to 100%. Like this is, I, in my opinion, funnier than the office. I can see why people would like, the office more just because they're more dynamic with their characters and their characters. Um, but the last couple of seasons of the office suck. So it's like, that's always my knock on the office and that's how I entertain the crowd. <laughs> well, I will say that though, like once, um, once Michael Scott left, like it kind of took a nosedive because like he was the one that like, like everything revolves around Michael Scott. Yes. You love Jim. Yes. You love Pam. Yes. You love, you know, Dwight's tomfoolery, you know, then there's like, you know, the side characters that are fucking hilarious, like Creed and whatnot. But like everything literally like starts and ends with Michael Scott. And then once you take that element out of it, like you start to realize, okay, Jim's kind of a dick. Dwight's actually kind of a good guy. And you don't want to have those feelings towards those characters. So. Oh, yeah. I think that looking back at it, like, dude, Jim is kind of like a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's very like. I don't know. Like, yeah, just a sociopath. <laughs> he steps over people to get to the position that he's at. Mm-hmm. And he sucks, dude. Jim really sucks. Like, he starts rubbing me the wrong way, like, up until, like... Like, yeah. when Pam's going to cheat on him with, like, that the lighting guy. Speaking of lighting, uh, the lighting guy or whatever. I was kind of cheering for Pam. Like, hey, fuck it. Like, you left Roy. Like, why not, like, leave <laughs> Jim? Just because... Yeah. Don't stay together just for the kids. That's yeah, a bad yeah. message. I, I immediately feel I rem- immediately regret saying that as it came out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just put Kevin the pig. It looks like, and then you'll send you a, a free sticker. Um, yeah. May the poor. Well, oh yeah, and- like stickers. <laughs> yeah, Kevin the pig. Get you, get you a free sticker at from the Podbelly Network. So, so do you do you have to buy something and then type in Kevin the pig to get a free sticker? No, just go to the shop, enter Kevin the pig. And they will put give you a sticker. I think there's two of them. There's that may the 
may the pork be with you. So it's just like um, Kevin the pig as like a Star Wars character. And then there's like a, you know, just a pod belly sticker. Not like the one that's on my laptop right here, but like one that just says, I love Kevin the pig, you know, pig out on podcast poop, if you will. So go there, get yourself a free sticker. Um, don't have to buy anything. Don't have to buy, you know, a pink, you know, you know, exercise bottle or fucking, you know, scoliosis pad, or if you will, just go there, get the sticker, boom, and tell him Martin Jacob sent you. Done. Cool. So with that said, Art, what is this week's topic? Uh, so I guess we could describe this as underwater cryptoids or cryptoid-related, water-related cryptoids. Yeah. And so um, how did this topic come about? Because last week, I think we were, like, shooting around ideas, and um, one of our Patreons, you know, actually suggested that we do cryptids. Yeah. And this I was, a, Yeah, go ahead. And I was thinking, like, wow, that's, like, such a general topic. I mean, we've covered, you know... Um, you know, the Jersey devil we've covered, you know, Chupacabra that almost got us on TV, um, on the CW or whatever that fucking channel is. Um, you know, we've covered a bunch of other cryptids, but it was just kind of like, that's such a weird, you know, just a random topic. Like maybe like if this was art, Jacob do America, like episode three, maybe that would have been one, you know, like we did aliens, I guess our seventh episode, but we kind of landed on like, Hey, let's do like lake monsters and, you know, lake, you know, water cryptoids, if you will kind of open up the door for that topic. Yeah. I mean, there's so many cryptoids all over the world that it, it's kind of hard. You know, I was listening to another podcast and they were covering the Mongolian death worm. And it's like, damn, there's only so much information on the Mongolian death worm mm-hmm. to like fill an entire podcast. Yeah. I think we had the same issue when we did the the sounds, when we did like, those strange sounds right and we were mm-hmm. like well you can't fill an entire episode on like trumpets in the sky it's like a 15 minute long topic and it's just like so yeah. we spaced it out and we covered a bunch of them on this episode yes so um obviously the most famous um lake monster or you know water cryptoid if you will is the loch ness monster or nessie so uh art do you want to kick that off for us um sure i don't i didn't do any research on this but well, never mind i guess i'll kick it off then uh, i'll uh i'll share my screen but there you go yeah so everybody make sure you're heading to the youtube as well uh make sure um art over here he put some elaborate uh what is it called the fucking uh uh it's PowerPoint. powerpoint there you go yeah yeah i haven't had to do that since college and it's been like 10 years or not but uh yeah make sure you're going to the youtube so that way you can check out you know, this PowerPoint presentation art has up here and whatnot, but the Loch Ness Monster, I mean, it's probably um, after Bigfoot, I guess you could say probably the, the the most famous, you know, cryptoid of all time. And, you know, immediately, like when you hear, you know, the Loch Ness Monster, you immediately think of that photo where, you know, you see like a little brontosaurus head poking its um, head out of the water, if you will. But um, I guess that photo was taken in 1933 uh, by, you know, a gentleman that just went by the surgeon. And so that, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I guess the first account of um, a monster living in Lake Loch Ness in the highlands of Scotland was in the year 565 by, you know, an Irish, um, you know, priest, if you will, named St. Columbia um, at the River Ness. So the way the, 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 the lock is, you know, in Loch Ness is it's this big body of water um, that's basically fed by a river called the River Ness. Um, that comes from a sea 
you know, a couple of miles, you know, north um, of Lake Loch Ness. So you have like this body of water, which I think is interesting, where you can have all sorts of animals that are, you know, able to get, you know, into the, the fresh water and, you know, survive the brackish nature of the water and kind of like live like in this bay, if you will, or this lock of water. Because when you look at Loch Ness, and, um, you know, it has like its pockets of, you know, where it's just like kind of like a circular, you know, portion of it you know, towards the end, I guess, where like Aleister Crowley lived. Um, but for the most part, it's like this narrow sh um, strip of water um, that just keeps thickening out, you know, from, you know, the Lake Loch Ness. So it's, it's an odd shaped piece of water, if you will. So um, back in 565, St. Columbia, you know, he, you know, was exploring and spreading the good uh, news of the Lord, if you will, out in, you know, the highlands of Scotland. And he saw like a man being buried. Now, the stories kind of differ, you know, basically, you know, from whatever township you're you know, hearing the story from. But the one that I keep seeing the most is, is that, you know, he witnessed, you know, a man being buried by locals who was attacked by what they said was like a water beast. You know, he had bite marks all over him, like a velociraptor got a hold of him, if you will. And so what he did is he sent a one of his followers, I guess he was like Jesus. He had like disciples, if you will, um, out to swim across the lock and you know confront like this um this monster so they were like summoning the beast out of the water if you will and i guess the 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 beast did come out of the water and um uh, saint columbia you know he made the sign of the cross if you will so i guess he did like the whole like vampire thing and like did this and he's kind of like pulled a gandalf and you know he said like a prayer if you will and just kind of said you shall not pass or like every every instance is just like go away or you know i I condemn you beast to the, the realms of hell. And so, you know, the beast like, you know, went away for a long ways. And this is basically how he got canonized, you know, as a saint, because they viewed that as a miracle. But that was the first, the earliest story of like a water beast that's, you know, been on record, you know, aside from, you know, you know, first nations people, you know, and native Americans, if you will. But for centuries, um, this story lived in local lore and you know Loch Ness up until 1933 that's this is where shit started to really pop off so um, in 1933 um, George Spicer and his wife um, say that they were you know driving along you know the shores of Loch Ness on you know a newly constructed road and they said that they you know saw like this animal kind of like a plesiosaur you know with a, a you know an animal in its mouth that was just walking across the freeway and, you know, they described it as having, you know, a wavy, narrow neck that the neck was about 10 to feet long, 10 to 12 feet long. And, um, you know, the body was anywhere from eight to 10 feet. And then when it noticed like the car coming, like it, you know, scampered off, you know, across the street and, you know, jumped back into the lock. Um, but that was like the first sighting since 19 or since 565. And um, since then, you know, Hugh Gray was the first person to take a picture of the Loch Ness monster, and if you can, Art, bring that um, bring that up on Google. Um, what? Just type just type in Hugh Gray Loch Ness monster picture. Uh, Hugh Gray. Hugh. So uh, H U G H. H U G H. Hugh Grant, Hugh Gray. <laughs> yeah, Gray. Gray Nessie. Yeah, photo of Nessie, yeah. That first one that just popped up right there. Wow, that looks like a... 
Yeah, so this is big, blurry-ass picture. Um, he described, you know, that he took a picture of, you know, he was walking his Labrador, you know, down by the shores of Lake Loch Ness. And he saw, like, you know, a bunch of rustlings in the water, if you will. And, you know, this is the first picture of the Loch Ness Monster, you know, that, you know, is in recorded history that kind of went viral back in the day. And a lot of people, you know, kind of threw shade at it. Keep that picture up because a lot of people, you know, believe it because if you're, if you're watching or listening to this podcast on YouTube, um, you'll see that, that, you know, people are looking like, you know, there's, they see a flipper right here or, and they see a bunch of thrashing. And what he described it as is that, oh, hey, you know, the Loch Ness Monster, he popped its, you know, body out and was thrashing around with a piece of prey. But it's kind of an optical illusion because a lot of people, you know, throughout the years have debunked this picture as saying like, oh, he describes himself as, you know, he, him and his Labrador Retriever were, you know, walking ar- along the banks of the Loch Ness. And if you actually look closely at this picture, if you, you know, see in the middle here, you'll actually see a Labrador Retriever's face. And it looks like a Labrador Retriever, you know, pulling a fish out of the lock. And that explains why you see like that fin. And that's why, you you know, you see a little bit of blur is because, you know, hey, this is an early, you know, camera that, you know, the exposure is not right on it. And you see a little bit of blur as, you know, the action is coming towards this individual, just basically taking a picture, you know, of his dog coming to shore with a fish in his mouth. And that explains what this picture is. But a lot of people explain it as, you know, you know, it's the Loch Ness Monsters, you know, body halfway out of the lock. Yeah. One of the thing, just looking at this picture, I could see that dog face. I, I get what you're, you're saying. It looks like he has a stick in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, also it doesn't look like the water around it is very like active like so I don't understand how there could be so much thrashing going on there. And plus this is very if it is it's very like serpent like mm-hmm. um which doesn't really fit in with the is it a plesiosaur that people say that it could be shaped like mm-hmm. um it, it just it's it's very strange. This yeah. is one of like the only two um Loch Ness sightings that, that are really big. And I think the last, the one that came out in the 90s was like the one that's in color. Mm-hmm. These are obviously fake. but Yeah. So then, you know, the most famous picture of Nessie, though, is um, the surgeon's photograph, which was, you know, photographed, or actually published by the Daily Mail um, April 21st. So just, you know, not we just probably celebrated like the 90th anniversary or the 80th anniversary of that picture. Um, April 21st, 1933. And you know, it's the picture that everyone sees the arts got it brought up here, you know, where it's that plesiosaur head or that brontosaurus head from Jurassic park, you know, poking its head out. And, you know, this is the one where everything like went wild, you know, Hulkamania ran, ran wild in the 1980s and the 1930s, you know, the Loch Ness monster ran wild here based off of this photo. Now, this photo is, I guess you can say, has been debunked because what the newspaper is showing and what art, you know, is showing here on Google is a very, you know, cropped picture of what the actual photo was. So when you look at this photo right here, it looks like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, ripples, if you will. It looks like a big to-do, if you will. But the actual real photo, you know, that uncropped photo that the, the newspaper didn't publish, you know, shows an entire view of the lock. And those ripples are actually very small. And when, you know, people put, you know, two and two together, you know, the actual picture here shows that this 
thing that's popping up out of you know the water here could have been anywhere between one and a half and two feet long. So it's not this giant monster, you know, that you know our eyes are seeing. And when it all comes out about this picture, it actually turns out that a former employee of the Daily Mail kind of sent this picture in to troll his former employer, you know, because they sent him out, you know, on you know, you know, journeys to find the Loch Ness monster. And, you know, he couldn't find any evidence in the lock of, you know, this beast. You know, he saw like a bunch of birds, if you will. He saw a bunch of fish and shit, if you will. But he found nothing. And, you know, back in the day, the only way you can get paid, you know, for your photographs is if you, you know, you bring the paper something that they can publish. So he got caught uh, because he took pictures of, you know, footprints of, you know, an alligator-like, you know, impression in you know the banks of Loch Ness and as it turns out he kind of faked those footprints because he took it from kind of like an ashtray of a hippopotamus's foot like a cast of a hippopotamus's foot took a picture of that and then sent that into the Daily Mail who you know quickly were able to debunk it and they kind of put him on blast publicly in the newspaper so he was pissed and so as a way to kind of discredit you know the Daily Mail's you know reputation as an early iteration of fake news, what they, what he did is he, you know, he bought this uh, toy submarine from Woolworths and then kind of sculpted this head that we see popping out, um, out of like wood putty. And, um, they tested it on, you know, other banks and, and other lakes, if you will. And I guess they took pictures of it. And I, th I believe like the telegraph, like in 1977, they, um, they, you know, they documented all this in their, um, their magazine or their publication. And um, what they did is, is that they, you know, they took a picture, they went out to the lock, they took a picture of two photos, and then the other photo is not as popular, but they had to take these two uh, photos really quick because I guess they described them as, um, it's like a funny Scottish word for a police officer, but like spe specified, you know, to this park, like a park ranger here in America. Um, I didn't write it down, but it was a funny um, iteration of what those uh, police officers were. But like on his deathbed, he, you know, admitted this. And then his son-in-law actually corroborated this and like, oh, yeah, here's like some of the parts that we used, you know, to make this photo. But hey, the legend lives on and that's kind of a forgotten piece of history. Uh, but yeah, millions and millions of dollars are poured annually into um, tourism here, you know, to the lock based off of people trying to find or get a glimpse of the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, man. The Loch Ness Monster has been, it's been around since forever. I mean, I remember back in like the 90s when I first heard of the Loch Ness Monster, there were all these like explorations that were going out. Mm -hmm. and basically finding nothing but just because it's such a big name people like and it's this like picture and yeah and this picture being so old I, I honestly think that there's so much more weight to the bigfoot thing this is just this is just a big one it's just people dig this but it has so little evidence mm -hmm. it it always like it always you know i think most people they want to believe I, no i don't even think people want to believe but i think that like it's just it's such a, it's such a from the outside, people that aren't aren't really like into cryptoids or whatever. They they know the Loch Ness like it's a brand name. This is the Metallica of 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 you know of the uh, of the cryptoids, you know. But there's like almost nothing there. It's just it's mm -hmm. just a big name. People know it, but there's just so little evidence, if any at all. 
and and, and, I, and while you were talking, I was looking up the lake, and the lake's not even that big. Mm-hmm. The the I'm sorry, the Loch Ness isn't really that big. Um, well, the actual Loch Lake Loch Ness is the second largest body of water in all of the UK. It's just that this area that this picture was taken in is actually very small because, like I said, you know, it's fed by a sea, which is fed, you know, which gets funneled out by like a river. And then this river, you know, keeps emptying into like this passage of land. So like, like the Grand Canyon, if you will, I believe it's like Snake River. So this is this large strip of water. So it's not like a, like a circular, you know, like you see like those mountain lakes, if you will. It's not like anything like that. It's like this big like landing strip of water. So it's not that far across, if you will. And one thing too, like, because I wanted there to be something there because it does make sense that, oh, okay, you can see like, hey, maybe, you know, there might be, you know, a tribe or a, you know, a, a cattle if of plesiosaurs. I don't know what the plural forum would be. Um, but, you know, coming from the ocean, you know, flying down, you know, the river and then kind of like vacationing or, you know, migrating to, you know, to this portion of the lock. Um, but it just doesn't support it because a plesiosaur would have to surface more, uh, more times than just like this once. So there would be a lot more sightings, if you will, because, you know, they, they don't breathe water. They don't have gills. And, you know, it's a, it's also a lizard, you know, a thunder lizard, and the lock wouldn't be able to support, you know, such, you know, an animal because they're cold blooded. And I believe like the lock gets about like 20 to 30 degrees on average. So, you know, nothing like that would be able to survive within, you know, the confines of, you know, the environment of Lake Loch Ness. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's a 21 mile long Loch Ness. Like it's, it's big, but like, I just, you know, for, for an animal, the size that people say that it is for, Mm -hmm. it's not that big. It's like not even compared to the great lakes, the great lakes. Oh, those are huge. Yeah. You could fit so many great lakes and like, you know, it's, it's humongous. It's, it, that to me is like where you can make a case for an animal that size. I just never really got the allure of the Loch Ness monster. It was, it was, you know, it's a big name, but there's just not a lot there. Uh, I've seen some stuff back in like the nineties where like people were like releasing them. They all kind of just look the same. Like they all have like this, like in the back and then like the head that in the front. And it's just, it, it looks like a very easy picture to recreate where, you know, uh, I don't know. I heard some people say that, you know, in this picture or people have mistaken the fact that like, I guess people will bring elephants to drink water from the Loch Ness and like hang yeah, like out in the Loch Ness. Yeah. yeah. And they'll just leave them in there and they'll see like the trunk of the elephant. And that's what a lot of people will mistake for mm-hmm. the Loch Ness monster. And but, one thing too, is that um, I believe recently, like within the last two or three years, like there was some scientists from New Zealand and, you know, they were just not even trying to look for the Loch Ness Monster, but they were trying to do a DNA, you know, profile of all the life that lives, you know, like in these bodies of water all over the world, if you will. So Lake Loch Ness, probably like or the Loch Ness, that was like one that they wanted to document, hey, what's actually living in here? And so what they would do is they would take different water samples and they would get like two million hits of like different you know dna patterns and they said that like there's absolutely no proof that there was ever like any 
kind of dinosaur living in there. Like they got like a lot of bird, they got a lot of fish, they got a lot of dogs, you know, they got humans, they got like a bunch of other stuff in there. But they said like the only thing that they could even be considered close would be maybe be like a large sturgeon or like an eel, because they said that was like the majority of what was in the lock is because yes, you would have, you know, eels that would migrate, you know, from the ocean, you know, into this brackish water. And they said that, you know, it's possible that a very large eel could have, you know, been mistaken, or this is what they, people were seeing, you know, for centuries, you know, at the lock is because, you know, Hey, if an eel got comfortable and, you know, in the lock, you know, it's very possible it could have grew up to, you know, 20, 30 feet. And a lot of sightings, you know, pre, you know, the surgeon's picture were those of a serpent and an eel. I mean, boom, that that's a serpent right there. So even those sightings before, you know, it wasn't a plesiosaur, it was a serpent. And then one um, photo, I mean, I guess like when Google Maps started to be a thing and Apple Maps, there's like this picture, um, I believe like it was in like 2016, if you will, of like this big, you know, fish looking thing. And then how I was telling you earlier, you know, if you look at the crop picture, it looks like there's small waves, but when you zoom out or when you crop it in, it looks like it's big waves. But when you, you know, zoom out that are actually small waves, well, you know, the overhead picture of, you know, the Google map or the Apple map picture, it shows like what could be like, Hey, this big old honking, you know, fish, if you will. And then sturgeons, you know, they're able to grow to be 20 to 30 feet. And then when you actually compare like the Google or Apple p overhead picture of it, it looks just like what a sturgeon will look like, or even like, um, it's like a, a Greenland shark, you know, those things live like 130, 140 years and they actually live like in that Northern part of the world, if you will. So it's very possible they could have, you know, one of them could have got lost and, you know, went through the Loch Ness through, you know, that sea that is right above, you know, the Loch Lake or the, <laughs> the river Ness, if you will. Yeah, I, I have seen the, the, uh, the, the surgeons, I think, I forgot what show, I think it was like Monster Hunters or like it's one of those shows With was Josh. talking about. Yeah, like they they went to hunt for this, and they're like, it's probably just a sturgeon that people keep seeing. Yeah. <laughs> like that was their conclusion on it, because they couldn't find anything. Like, you know, they've gone in there with sonars and all these things, and like, there's not even that much evidence of like underwater caves in Loch Ness, mm -hmm. which is another thing that like, uh, is is surprising to me. If you make cases for for you know a large animal living living in in a lake like this or in the Loch Ness. I don't know. It, it, it's, I just think that that lake in general is just, you know, Alistair Crawley had his castle there. You know, there's so much like, I, I it's, it's from a time period where like people were super, super superstitious. Mm -hmm. And like, I think people just want to chuck it up to like, this is what, this is what like, you know, there's a monster living in that lake, you know, very yeah. much like from the time period of people still believing in dragons and things like that. Yeah. So. And I, you got to think of it too. Like, um, we went to the, to heart park last week. Uh, we took the baby out there you know, to feed the ducks, if you will. And there's like that big nasty lake in the middle of heart park. And like, you can see shit like pop up and down, you know, within that lake, whether it's just like the wind, you know, creating that illusion or, you know, floating sticks or, Hey, there's a bunch of ducks and fish in there, if you will. And like, I, it even started to fuck with my mind a little bit. Like, Oh shit. What if there's like a, like a, 
like some kind of like monster living in, you know, the Hart Park Lake, if you will. And I think well, like, like the one with the water with the. Yeah, that shitty ass lake. It's one. Yeah, I can't remember. There's what isn't there one where like there's like a water fountain inside of the lake. No, that's that's like when you first get into there. But like you get more in uh-huh. the, the heart of our park where like there's like that island where all the ducks are at and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's but, like still right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But like your mind starts to piece that together. And I did see that like explanations for like sea or lake monsters, if you were. were remember like that episode we did about um, satanic back mask, you know, messages and songs where it's called Pareidolia where it's just like your mind wants to to piece together a pattern of like, oh, okay, this could be easily explained by, you know, a duck or, you know, a fish popping out or even like a log. And like, but your mind is like, oh shit, like, I don't know what that is. It must be a monster. Kind of like ancient aliens, like where everything is an alien, if you will. Yeah, that's how I feel like, you know, one of the things that people always post like ghost pictures or whatever, like, what is this face? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh man, come on. You're just like looking for something like, yeah it's like looking like seeing images in clouds like come on it's just your mind trying to find a pattern within it yeah i get that but even if there wasn't you know if there was like absolute proof that there was not you know uh, ever a loch ness monster within lake loch ness um it, it's the most influential lake monster of all time again like i said the second uh, most famous cryptoid after bigfoot and, you know and it's given you know influence to a uh, thousands if you will um lake monsters across the world i mean lake tahoe has you know tessie uh newfoundland where you know my you know the white side of my family is uh from they have cressy uh there's lake erie's bessie there's yeah. mussy from muscat lake, lake and then as well as there's chessie from the chesapeake bay so i did think tessie the lake tahoe monster was pretty interesting uh, that's one of the ones that i i did a lot of research on i wouldn't say a lot but i spent some time doing research on it just because it is a pretty large lake. Let me let me actually look up how big it is. But one of the things that that was interesting, and I don't know if there was bone evidence of plesiosaurs living in in or around the Loch Ness, but there's definitely evidence of these types of animals living in or around Lake Tahoe, um, which I thought was really interesting. That these are some of the the animals that you would find um, in this lake. You know, maybe not now, but back in the day. And there's also evidence of caves. That was the other thing that was like, that's pretty interesting. Like, I did you say last last um, last episode? Like one thing, like I was trying to search for, like when we were talking about Brazil. Like you said, there was like blue holes, if you will. Like, like, like yeah, yeah. Like, like I, that's one thing too. Like I was trying to explore. Like, okay, like maybe there's like dark tunnels, like that. You know, because Lake Tahoe is landlocked and you know super fresh water, and it's fed by you know you know, mountain melt, if you will. It's kind of like, you know, the Kern River here in Bakersfield, where it's just basically like it's just snow melt, you know, or ice melt, if you will, Dick, filling up this lake. And um, so Lake it's like, Tahoe and, and uh, Loch Ness are almost the exact same size. It's crazy. Yeah. But the thing is, like, with um, the Loch Ness is, like, that's fed by, you know, an ocean, whereas, like, you know, Lake Tahoe is just basically fed by a mountain. So it's landlocked. Um, but I was trying to find like evidence so, of like what, a blue those blue tunnels you were talking about last week. So well, no, it's it's a blue hole. It's um, but blue they hole. don't. Yeah. So to you, what do what do you mean? Like so for me, I almost think that the fact that it's landlocked makes it almost more possible that something could be there than as opposed to 
being connected to the ocean because being connected to the ocean i feel like you know the transition from a fresh water to to salt water to different things like that like it would have to go through so many environmental changes just like even being in a river as opposed to being in the ocean would be really difficult for an animal of that size like that's why there's like river dolphins and like you know like it, it just it would be really difficult for me to to believe that an animal traveled all the way and well, like there are instances of like bull sharks like um you know going yeah, yeah. but it's like you know they they make themselves known because they're clearly out of their element like it, it would i think it would very much you know not survive to the point where it would make itself known like there's even been here in the united states i guess there was a case you know the, the movie jaws like was based on a real story of a shark getting landlocked and like the fact that it was becoming so aggressive was because it was clearly out of its element like it was it was basically going after like anything it could find um that's what i mean like an animal of that size like i think it would even have to like very much accustomed to this to this environment or like not you know or not possible like that's why i'm like man if it's if it's in the ocean what wouldn't it like struggle or like try to fight back to get back to the ocean if that's well, well there are like there are like um like fish if you will that like survive both in fresh and salt water um one thing i did you know learn too is like like almost every snake you know on the planet is able to survive on both salt water and fresh water and they're all able to swim so like you look at like the anaconda shout out you know that 1995 movie with ice cube and jennifer lopez like an anaconda that was a popular pet you know shout out you know to our joe exotic episode you know where people were buying like exotic pets like like anacondas like boa constrictors which were not native to florida if you will and they would just release those out, you know, into the ocean. They would release them out to, you know, the swamps. They would release them out into, you know, fresh waters, if you will. And they would thrive there because, like, I guess apparently every snake is capable of living in both environments. So you do have instances of, like, animals that are able to survive fairly well in both environments. Yeah. I mean, those are not breathing the water. No. but yeah i mean like those that's what i mean like you know you brought up the fact that it wouldn't be able to stay submerged that much mm -hmm. that long it's just this one the fact that there's underwater caves in lake tahoe it's really interesting i mean there's so much unexplored area that i thought was really fascinating about about this case and i actually had no idea that this was even a thing even living in california i had never even heard of mm -hmm. tessie so i was i was pretty surprised by the the tessie case when i when i heard of it but let me show you the one i thought was the funniest okay so i i found the the frog the loveland frogman that was like the funniest one for me because it was so ridiculous i don't know if you could see it on my screen but um uh, you still got uh nessie up there i mm, shouldn't but um unless it's on a delay Where's my? Oh wait, I think I know. What, I think I know why. Uh, uh, new shit. Hold on. There we go. All right. There so you go. yeah. So um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like fucking that that aquaman movie like one of the bad guy, one of the bad guys in that movie it looked like that looks like some fucking horrible fucking halloween costume from aquaman yeah i mean there's not a lot of sightings of the of the frogman it's it was it's mostly in like 
in Ohio, in the, the lake areas around Ohio, um, most of the pictures are like hand-drawn images. There's not even, I believe that was really surprising to me was a lot of like the native american tribes were like we never heard of that like that's we've we've yeah. lived here our whole lives and we never heard of that and that's but the, like it really like, blew up in the 50s like in the 50s they were like no that's a real thing like people kept seeing it people kept seeing it like hop across the freeway and to me that that's where like a lot of people's fears really come into play where it's like you know you weren't you're not naturally from this area. Like you were saying, like you went to Hard Park and you, that, that lake was fucking with you. Dude, that's like a man-made lake. Like like to go like to like bigger lakes, like big lakes where like people aren't really around, like hardcore forests, like that stuff will really fuck with you. And like mm-hmm. like the silence and the animals and things like that, like there's like giant, like those, I don't know what they're called. I think it's like cranes or something, like cranes or mm-hmm. Uh, like those are always like in that area like they're much larger i could see how people would think that those are a different animal if they saw it at night or something like a frog man i'm pretty sure they saw like a deer thing and then they just didn't know what it was or they saw like a bird that walks on two legs and like mm. you know a crane looks pretty big especially if you see it at night this picture the picture i have up on my screen right now is like it looks like oh. one of those, like, um, like when you watch like the Discovery Channel and like you see like those Appalachian, you know, hand fishermen, like where they like go out into the the lakes and they have like those two like mining uh, lights on their head and they're just like grabbing fish out of the ocean with or out of the lake or river like with their bare hands and shit. It looks like one of those dudes. Like he got like the whole get up from like the Bass Pro Shop and shit. Yeah, it it's pretty comical, man. Like. It seems like a bad science fiction movie from the 1950s, 1960s, which is funny because this is when this was blowing up. Like, it seemed to be like in that time period, there was a lot of these dudes were like the frog man or the dog man or something like that, like where it was like. like It seems like as technology like advances, like then you get like another sighting or like an explosion of like, you know, a cryptoid or whatever. Like even going back to like the Loch Ness Monster, like 1933, like that's like where photography really started to take off like in in scotland if you will and then like in the 1950s like that's where you start to have like a television like in every home and then you know like i said with the apple and google maps like we're able to like you know map out the entire world if you will you know all the way up until like somebody's kitchen in afghanistan where you can see like a cat hanging out like in a in a you know kitchen window if you will so as like technology advances like our eyes start to you know, piece together that pareidolia, like where it's just like, oh shit, there's a frogman right there. Where it's just like, oh wait, no, that's yeah. just a dude that bought and, something from the Bass Pro Shop. And I'm pretty sure that the picture I have up is like a a hoax because mm-hmm. it just looks, it looks like a dude in a frog suit, <laughs> yeah. and it he doesn't even look like he's that far away from shore. So it's like mm-hmm. you could tell he took like weight, he got way steep, and they took the picture and they're like, all right, get me out of here now. <laughs> it's just cold. I need a. It's light. funny though. It's funny. Like I recommend everyone listening to this to like look up the Frogman because it's 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 a pretty funny one. Oh, yeah. Now one thing I mean you brought up right now is like where you said like Native American lore. Like that's the one thing that I kept going back to. It's just like okay, you know yeah we have that story of you know Saint Columbia you know casting out a demon out of the lock or whatever. But a lot of stories you know and this is mostly like found like in Canada or like northern the northern parts of you know the USA. Um, but like a lot of like stories about, you know, lake monsters, they have like backgrounds in, you know, Native American lore or myths or even fact. I don't know. I wasn't around back then. But um, the probably the biggest story in regards to that is the Ogopogo. 
uh, where, you know, the inhabitants of Lake Okanagan, uh, British Columbia, uh, they have like this story about, you know, this, this snake-like serpent, you know, with an equestrian head. So that means like a horse head, if you will, which is another common characteristic, you know, whether you go from, you know, British Columbia or Lake Tahoe or even to like Singapore and, you know, Vietnam, where they have their own like lake monsters, you see like this, this same description where it's like this large serpent-like creature with a horse-like head. And it doesn't start to become like, you know, this plesiosaur looking thing like you have like with Lake Tahoe Tessie or, you know, the Loch Ness Monster. It doesn't start to do that until like the discovery of dinosaurs. But anyways, um, the Ogopogo is described as like a 60 to 80 foot um, snake like serpent creature with, you know, equestrian like head. Um, the Native American myth says that, you know, hey, um, the Ogopogo lived in Lake Okanagan and in, for, in order for anybody to you know, make safe passage across, you know, the lake, you would have to sacrifice, you know, a live animal or even a live human, if you will, <clears throat> you know, for you to have safe passage. And then one story goes that, hey, there was this chief that totally did not believe in the Ogopogo. And he gathered up him and his family to, you know, make a voyage. I believe it's called like Rattlesnake, Rattlesnake Island, you know, where they believe the water demon lives at. Um, but, you know, they were going to go across, you know, to, you know, Rattlesnake Island to have like a, you know, barbecue or whatever. And um, he didn't make, you know, the live sacrifice. And all of a sudden, you know, Ogopogo, you know, thrashed him and his family out of the canoe and then sucked them down to the bottom of the river. And then, you know, there's stories of, you know, settlers that were trying to make, you know, you know, passage across um, the lake and then their horses would all get sucked down into the bottom of the river. Like it would just kind of open up like Moses parting the Red Sea and then they would all just, you know, drown immediately. Well, I was looking into kind of like the natural phenomena of like Lake Okanagan and there's like this weird shit that happens where like, I guess like the temperature changes. So like the river or the lake will be like abnormally warm and then like the outside temperature will like change drastically and you get like these water vortexes that will like shoot up out of like the water. It looks like something like out of like a science fiction movie, if you will. But it's like on YouTube where like it'll create like this vortex in the middle of kind of like a tornado, I guess you could say, like above the water and you go up all the way up into the clouds. And it'll last anywhere from like a couple of seconds to a couple of minutes. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, OK, maybe this was like, you know, the natives expl explanation for like these vortexes. Um, but fast forward to like 1924 you start to see you know like a lot of people seeing like you know something in the river and you know again like i was saying like with the advent of technology you know when video cameras started to become a thing like you started to see like a lot of ogopogo sightings um in the lake and um one lady said like you know she was just driving along the freeway and she saw something like you know thrashing about i guess you could say in the lake and she took a video of it and it's on YouTube right now. And it's difficult to say what it is because all you see is like the back of something, you know, so it could be anything, in my opinion, anything from like, you know, a Greenland shark, a porpoise, a fucking, you know, uh, a bunch of seals or sea lions, if you will, um, you know, you know, traveling within like the, this river. But then you look at it and it's just like, oh, Lake Okanagan is landlocked. There's no way that anything like that could have, you know, traveled from the ocean to get in there to make that. So it is quite interesting when you talk about like the Ogopogo, like what it could, it could not be.
Yeah, like again, like I like you were saying, I actually think that when things are landlocked, I I find them more possible that there could be something living in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has to have adjusted over thousands of years to its environment. Like it's, it, I I find it pretty interesting. I don't know. I I've I've heard of Ogopogo before, and like um, there's a whole episode on it on like that monster hunters thing, and like it was pretty interesting. It reminds me of this other one, the the Iceland monster there's a real video of like a frozen lake and it looks like something's breaking through the ice like in this mm-hmm. giant snake format that to me is like people say it could be a, a fishing net that was for some reason going down that stream and it just made like this very serpent like um figure okay. yeah and it looks pretty crazy like you know things like that i have no idea like i don't know i don't know currents i don't know how that stuff works i i'd be lying to you if i came on here and was talking about like that's not the way currents work like but I, I have no idea like it's possible i guess it looks crazy that that ice worm people mm-hmm. call it an ice worm because i guess people have been saying that there has been a worm living in that in in that frozen thing and like um to, you know it, it it's it's trippy to me like that that people keep seeing them in, in like these lake monsters now you said that that um that Ogopogo was more serpent-like, right? Correct. And that's the thing, too, where it's just like, okay, you get different accounts, like when I was talking about like the videos, like where, you know, the ancient story is that, hey, it was a serpent-like creature. And then, like, going back to the Loch Ness Monster, like, okay, that can easily be explained by, you know, eels, you know, very large eels, which, you know, can live in fresh and you know brackish water which is like kind of a mixture of fresh and salt water as well as out in the ocean if you will and you know every like i was saying before too every snake is able to live in both environments as well and you do have you know a culture you know that joe exotic culture where they're buying you know these anacondas if you will they grow way too large so then they have to you know dump them in you know the florida everglades if you will or even out you know into lake okanagan if you know whatever um but like people i I feel like people aren't taking an account to like hey you want to think it's something you know extra you know like a lake monster if you will but i think not enough presidents is being put into like oh okay maybe it's a very large eel maybe it's a sturgeon you look that up too and that's like to me like explains like a lot of like those videos where it's like a sturgeon could be anywhere from like two to three feet anywhere to like 20 to 30 feet and then like every scientific you know, study this conducting is like, oh yeah, we've had sturgeons in these waters, if you will. And then, hey, maybe they didn't thrive, you know, that that large one didn't thrive because there's not enough to eat. And then, hey, nature did what it did. And, you know, its carcass was ate up, if you will. But like, for like a plesiosaur though, because that's what I wanted to find. Like, I wanted to find some kind of like proof of like an ancient or Jurassic animal that lived in there. You know, either, you know, it made its journey from the ocean, which the ocean, like, I feel like they're only like 15 to 14% is known. You know, I'm just getting that number from, you know, a random YouTube video. But like, I feel like that to me, like I'm the other end of it where it's just like, okay, I, I could see it being more plausible that, you know, some ocean animal, you know, that was able to adapt to fresh water, you know, got stuck in these lakes, if you will, as opposed to, you know, a plesiosaur, you know, being stuck, you know, from, you know, the the last ice age, you know, and then, you know, the, the river started, their lake started to shrink up and they just kind of adapted because again, a plesiosaur, you know, it would be a lizard like creature that would have to, 
you know, get sun to warm its blood up. You know, it would have to make frequent, you know, trips, you know, up to the surface to breathe, if you will. So you would see a lot more evidence of it, like a crocodile or an alligator, if you will, as opposed to like, well, back in 77, this happened back in 94, this happened. And then since 2020, <laughs> we haven't seen anything. Yeah, no, I definitely don't believe it's a, ple a plesiosaur. I, mm -hmm. I mean, especially in these places where it's a lot colder. Um, and I thought that 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 ice monster the, from the from Iceland that they mm -hmm. keep calling it a worm, I thought was very interesting. I thought that was like really thinking outside the box because if you look at the way a worm works, worms can you can freeze a worm for hundreds and thousands of years, and then once you defreeze it, it's back to life again. Oh, worms wow. are worms are like fighters in that sense. Like the things that most people, most animals struggle with, worms thrive in. Like worm, you can cut a worm in half, and now you have two worms. Like worms are very interesting creatures, and the fact that we know very little, we know stuff about worms. But there's worms that live in the Arctic that are, you know, thrive in the Arctic, and like we just we don't even know how they're doing that, like how they're thriving in the Arctic when there's very mm -hmm. little life up there. And like, you know, for something to to survive like this, maybe it's a prehistoric monster. I'm not saying that it's it is as big as the Ogopogo, but that sighting of the of that, you know, very snake-like, worm-like thing breaking mm -hmm. the ice was very interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, go to another one. So this is breaking the the lake thing. And I this is one of the ones. So I the my last two, the ones that I I went heavy on my research were, were the ones that I thought were more interesting than than my first couple of ones that I had. But uh this is the the Negan. And the Negan was the, the first time it was actually spotted, it was uh this group of people that went down to the Arctic to do research on on whales that were near the arctic and they kept spotting these very like human-like figures very big figures that were saying that they kind of look like a hybrid between a man and a whale um i'm not saying that that's what it is i'm just <laughs> saying like you know could could there be potentially another creature that just you know a whale that still has arms like whales have pelvic bones from when they mm -hmm. give birth and things like that like they have these very human-like features they're mammals it, it, yeah yeah they're mammals and they breathe and things like that like um, for for a whale to develop arms it wouldn't be that out of the realm for me and like the fact that people keep spotting these things down there and like the government doesn't really ever respond to these things it, i i do find it very interesting there's also the fact that you can't just travel directly to alaska or to the arctic antarctica Antarctica, yeah, like okay, it's yeah. it's very difficult to travel down there. You need so many. There's so much restrictions to go down there, mm -hmm. um, and the fact that they're just people spot them all the time. People that are doing well research tend to spot them all the time. Now, you know the the I do I did find a website that you know gives you a bunch of research and then it gives you possible answers to what it could be, mm -hmm. which I thought was very nice. And one of the things that people kept bringing up is that um, that it could be an eel. It, to me it didn't really make sense i mean it could be a different type of eel like a you know we don't there's you know, like you said there's so much i think that ocean life in general is just you know we know Creepy. so little yeah we know so little about it we don't know what's down there mm -hmm. i think on one of the episodes i don't know if it was pre the episode or during the episode i brought up the fact that 
There's a movie called The Loneliest Whale that's whale that sings in a different frequency, so it can't communicate to other whales. Um, the fact that, that that's out there, like we we know that there's this one whale out there that's just like singing in a different frequency, and we're the only ones that can hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 trips me out because we don't even know if that's a whale or that's just a very large other animal that's down there. Yeah, um, and th- this was just this was to me the the strangest one of all of them just because i never heard of this surprising like I, i'm you know me like i'm very much into all this weird shit yeah but, like i had never heard of the negan like i'd never heard of it there's some crazy pictures up there of like like these half man half seal pictures that are clearly clearly photoshopped but these are the ones that i thought this picture on the screen right now was the one that i thought was the most interesting that just it kind of looks like a like a giant human but it could be like a whale it almost looks like a whale with arms now, based off of that picture, I mean, it is kind of blurry, kind of like that first picture of the, you know, the Loch Ness monster versus like your eyes are seeing something. So it kind of like if you're not looking at the YouTube on this, um, it kind of looks like, you know, uh, the stealth bomber, if you will, kind of like has like a V shape and it kind of looks like it's, you know, projecting, you know, forward, if you will. Now, I, you would see this a lot with like, you know, even with that last Google and Apple, you know, map picture of the Loch Ness monster where it's just like, hey, you know, this is like a wake or a wave created by uh, the formation of like, an a- you know, a series of animals. So like ducks, for example, using my heart park, heart park example, like ducks and birds, like they form like very tight, you know, formations. Like it's almost like geometrically perfect. And then I was looking at like seals and sea lions as well. And if this is Antarctica, I mean, you can even see like even penguins, you know, being able to form you know, some kind of formation because when something is in a bigger, uh, there, there's no penguins in, in the, in Antarctica. Yeah. Is it? I thought yeah. it was the North pole that there were penguins, but you're probably right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cause like Chile and all that, like there's, there's penguins walking around now because of the coronavirus lockdown and shit. But yeah, you know, you see like, um, animals, you know, they band together, like even fish, um, you know, do this, you know, to, you know, decrease their chance of being eaten, you know, by prey, if you will. And it's very beautiful to see, like, you know, you see like pictures of, you know, fish, like moving, like in schools, like in these elaborate patterns, if you will, to look like other animals, like bigger yeah, animals. Yeah, just look like a larger animal, yeah. Correct. So like, you would see a lot of like those explanations being, um, you know, thrown out there as well. So I wonder if like this, is there any like video video of this, Negan? Or is this like, just like, like photos of this? I'm sure that there is video. I didn't see- Video. This is the best picture that I could find mm-hmm. for the for this. But um, the the thing that to me that really stood out was the fact that this is a part of the world that's just completely unexplored. Mm-hmm. Very little, like most of the time. I think people have this misconception that we we explore it because there has been expedition expeditions that go down there, but they mostly just cover like the first couple of miles of from the shore on in. They don't really go deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for something large to be living down there, I honestly, I wouldn't, you know, there's so much crazy shit going on down there that I wouldn't put it past a creature to can develop you... arms. We're not, you know. Oh yeah. And, um, Google this real quick. If you can like share your screen, I believe it's like the Mexican walking fish. Like they sell these like in, um, fish stores, if you will. But it's basically a fish that has like arms and legs. Like it literally can like walk a like. It walks on like, you know, riverbeds, if you will, like, like a dog. I think they call them like river dogs as well. And I was thinking too, like, who's to say like there ain't shit like out there in the ocean or even like some, you know, secluded, 
you know, rivers, if you will, that, you know, is able to do this. Like, you know, depending on what side of the, you know, the religious aisle you're on, you know, that's how we came to about, you know, there was like a, an amoeba, if you will, that developed like legs and, you know, started walking on land. Oh yeah. That, this that, thing that, looks like a new, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, that's a fish it has actually like arms and legs and shit. Let's see if you can pull up some pictures. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm I mean, let me see if uh can go down here. But yeah, no, I especially like how developed um whales and and um and dolphins are mm-hmm. for something to be living on this planet as long as it has been mm-hmm. that's a looking animal yeah and there's actually fish that have like straight up like teeth like human as well like it, it looks like fucking um <laughs> who has like a big uh, like obnoxious like smile if you will like there's fish that have like straight up like human like teeth in their head so it's not that surprising yeah no i that one's cool looking <laughs> yeah and you can buy this um, aquarium Looks like a Pokemon if you. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of gross looking, but they're cool looking. Yeah, look I dig a, it. Look up yeah. a glopfish. It does look like a Pokemon. Globfish. Yeah, or glopfish. It, it looks like a like a fat Chicago native, like dude ate too much um deep dish pizza. Like straight up has like a human face. Oh, that's that one that has like that nose. Mm-hmm. And then one thing too is um, like talking about like ancient animals and shit that we thought were extinct. The seal camp. There it is right there. (laughs) Glapfish. Glopfish, sir. This is the one. This is the one Jacob's talking about right here. (laughs) The Pokemon. No. What is leave this? What is okay. leave this up here? Yeah, but um, if you can bring up a coelacanth, where basically this is like a fish that like is like an ancient Jurassic Park looking fish or whatever that they thought was extinct for millions of years, and then they found it like off the shores of fucking South Africa. Like people were catching it, you know, it's almost like as a nuisance because there was no like food value to it, and like they would just throw it back in the ocean. You know, they would see it like every day, and then like this was like a like a very rare fish that you know people thought were extinct for millions of years but again too like it has like all those features that you were talking about with like the negan where it's just like hey maybe this was like a fish that was um like the missing link between evolution between you know hey things were just out in the ocean with fins and whatnot and started developing legs yeah no i mean the evolution has so many missing links that you know definitely that bridge between uh you know bipedal animals and just like from where a fin becomes a leg and things like that there's even uh if you look at like ancient snakes there's snakes that had like hip bones where they had legs attached to them oh wow it's pretty pretty crazy like the way things that the the evolution has like happened throughout throughout all these billions of years of Mm. of creatures living on earth i mean i mean and you even see it like in real time too like i was talking about like where you know, hey, like all these landlocked lakes, 
like, hey, we're not taking into account like, okay, yeah, our mind automatically wants to go to like, oh, wow, there's this ancient, you know, alien thing living like in a fucking river or, or lake bed, if you will. But we're not taking into account the things we actually know that become beasts, you know, like there's German shepherds, you know, the average German shepherd is like 80 pounds, but there's German shepherds like mine, you know, that are like pushing 200 pounds and they're fucking like straight up fucking athletes, you know, that's not like they're fucking obese or anything, but they're fucking, they look like the dog off the fucking, um, you know, the sandlot, if you will. Like there's just like these, these natural anomalies that happen. Like, like I was throwing out there, like these, you know, a large eel that could possibly be something that was, you know, out, you know, and I believe you said it was like Norway or whatever, like going through the ice. Like there are fucking like Arctic, you know, snakes and shit that, you know, it's, Hey, it's possible if you eat, if you're able to eat like enough fucking polar bears and shit, maybe this thing is able to grow, you know, to the size of an anaconda and thrive, you know, out, you know, in the Arctic, if you will. Um, but then again, you know, just to bring it all home to like, you know, lake monsters and stuff, uh, Lake Champlain, um, they have, um, what's called champ, which is probably like the third or fourth, you know, biggest, um, legend of a lake monster or whatever. But again, you see this thing like where it's just like here, it's on the other side of North America, but you see the same thing where it's just like 20 foot serpent with a horse like head. Um, you even have another one called Chessie, which is another one where, you know, they describe it as, you know, a serpent with a horse's like head, which can be anywhere from 50 to 30 feet. Now this, this animal, like you hear, you know, about like what through ancient mariners and stuff they would talk about you know these gigantic you know you know dragons or sea serpents if you will they would swim kind of like in a sine um sine wave pattern so what you were talking about with like that worm you know from you know norway or whatever you know all snakes kind of do like that sidewinder you know uh motion when they're trying to swim like every single snake that's out there but the one that was kind of like tripping me out is it's like you get like that sine wave pattern where it's just like they go up and they go down and you go up and they go down and i was trying to piece that together like what could that be because you see that with like you know japanese you know the japanese they have their own you know sea serpents you know from you know you know ancient stories that they have over there you know even you know in russia they have you know stories like that so it's nothing like exclusive to like oh you know the you know, the, the original 13, you know, colonists or whatever, they have like just this one story. It's just like a story that goes around the world where it's just like almost like a dragon, if you will, but like going like in and out, you know, up and down out of the water, like swimming in that sine wave motion. And what kept coming up is it's like, oh, giant seals or sea lions or elephant seals where that's how they will, um, they will swim. They swim just like that. They don't just swim, you know, um, you know, like doggy paddle, if you will, but they do that. A lot of times they do that, or even like a dolphin or a porpoise, you know, we think of like a cute dolphin, like, you know, fucking flipper, if you will, like the bottlenose dolphin, but there's some fucking ugly ass dolphins out there with like, even ones with like fucking unicorn, like fucking noses, you know, come, like horns coming out of their top of their nose and shit. So <laughs> they all swim like that too. So it's like, the Norwa. yeah, there you go. Yeah. And so like, I think, yeah, our minds automatically want to go to like, Oh, okay. It's like this, you know, cryptid, if you will, but we don't give enough weight to like, oh shit, that we, we do know about, you know, being abnormal abnormalities of fucking nature. Not just that, but you know, um with seals and like things like that, like those large animals that that live in the ocean, um, a lot of times they get hit by motorboats and they'll have deformed fins after that. That's like such a common thing. It's a really sad thing, but you know, once or manatees, manatees are really big on this. Or manatees get hit by a motorboat, and now their fins are like ugly looking. Basically, yeah. it looks it looks like shred salad. So it's like 
you know, you see that flapping in the water. It's like people think it's a monster, but it's like mm-hmm. it's really a lot of you know humans causing destruction and 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 it's sad, but it's it's another reason why people would find that to be a strange sighting to see something flapping like that in the water. Yeah. And not only that, just like natural predation, like out in the ocean and shit, like, you know, a shark could have, you know, gotten a hold of them and now they're permanently disformed and whatnot. And that's how, just how they have to swim now. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's, it's, it's true. I mean, you see some fucked up looking humans all the time. So (laughs) what was that one guy? Like not the elephant man, but there was like a, a Rocky Dennis, if you will. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Look that up if you will. But um, Art, you got any other monsters you want to talk about? I do. I have this is my last one that I have here. Uh, I thought this is another one. This is from the Florida Everglades, so it's not a lake. It's not an ocean. But the the skunk ape from the Florida Everglades, I thought it was pretty interesting. Of course, it gets chucked up a lot to like this could be a Bigfoot or this. It looks very orangutan looking. Mm-hmm. It's called a skunk ape for a reason because it smells terrible. Kind of looks like the drummer from Leonard Skinner also. Yeah, and the funny thing about this one is that this probably has the most evidence of anything. Like, you can find one of the craziest videos I, I've seen online, and I'm surprised this video is not more popular, is a video called, let me see, I wrote it down here. Uh, it's called, I think I saw a skunk ape, please help. If you look it up, you would think like, well, oh, let's get me some bullshit, some dude like walking in the forest. Mm-hmm. So it's basically what you would think like, uh i don't know an orangutan in the florida everglades and it's basically like shredding a tree to pieces and it's like holy shit like either they got like some super big buff dude to dress up like an orangutan to go in the florida everglades and climb a tree and start breaking it to pieces bill winnington yeah it's it's pretty nuts like and i'm sure that that's possible you can get like some like a really realistic looking monkey suit and dress up a really buff dude to go in there. But it, it is very strange. And this picture here, the, the picture somebody had left, you know, like fruit or something. And they put a camera to see what they were, would find that was stealing their fruit. That was the image that was captured. There's a, people thought it was a, an escape orangutan, which, Hey, it could be, it could be an mm-hmm. escape orangutan. You know, we're, it's we talked horrible. about, yeah, we talked about the, um, the tiger king guy and like how people just late leave animals out in mm-hmm. nature just because they're they've gotten too big and that's another possibility that an orangutan got let loose out there and now it's adapted to its new environment very possible it, oh yeah it's pretty terrifying um but definitely not a bear i thought it was pretty strange um just because people say that it both climbs trees and swims in the in the everglades so it's definitely mastered its environment if it is an orangutan that was let loose mm-hmm. or a couple of orangutans that were let loose. And and the fact that, you know, the, the sightings have been slowed down at all. The sightings are constant for this. It's not like they spiked you know, in the 1980s or something like that. It's been one of the most popular things right alongside Bigfoot or anything like that. But it's most people chuck it up to like a subdivision of Bigfoot or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's possible too. It could be, you know, one of those those abnormalities of nature you know like we said like it could be a bear you know i know a lot of um you know bigfoot sightings you know ends up being like just like a bear like with something happened to his front paw got stuck in a trap and now it has to like walk on his hind legs if you will and then like this too like the pictures you're showing right here of skunk ape i mean it does it legitimately does look like the drummer for leonard skinner but then also too like it does look like a very large um 
a chimpanzee, you know, just with long hair. Like who's to say like a chimpanzee, you know, just didn't grow out like a big gray beard and, you know, had like fucking Leonard Skinner hair, if, if you will. Because the body does kind of look like a chimpanzee, like an older chimpanzee. Or yeah, even- it has really long limbs. Mm-hmm. And who's to say like that just that, you know, that just wasn't an abnorm- abnormal, you know, chimpanzee because you you do have people that, you know, you know, buy them as, you know, pets. You know, we can even go into like government exper- <laughs> experiment experimentation. And and another thing too that I wanted to get into like a little bit is we don't account for, you know, you know, chemical dumping into these waters, like what kind of effect it's having, you know, on the nature yet. Like, yeah, it could easily kill, you know, you know, we talk about like nuclear waste, you know, being dumped into some of these rivers, like the great lakes. There's a lot of examples of that or, you know, you know, Morro Bay, like there was, um, they were dumping like DDT, I think, I believe like, you know, in the, the ocean and estuary. And it was fucking up like the, the shells of the, the falcons that were living on moral rock. So they're, um, the birds were dying a lot faster, but then you would see like mutations, you know, within these birds that, you know, created like almost this whole different species. So we don't account for that either, where, you know, you get, you know, chemical dumping, you know, from, you know, the industrial era and what is it, what is it doing to, you know, the genetic makeup, you know, of some of these animals who's to say, you know, the skunk ape here, or even, you know, you know, some of these like lake monsters or, you know, river monsters or sea monsters, you know, they're not like that, three-eyed fish from the simpsons yeah no that's definitely a possibility i mean i don't know about this one i don't know what this would mutate from but you know it's something that's been around for hundreds of years the native americans that have lived in this area have reported it as well as something that it's just Mm -hmm. been part of their culture for a long time Mm -hmm. so i don't know i mean it could be it could be a combination of things for all we know like well um, I know one funny story that I wanted to get into was the White River Monster. And I guess the White River Monster, um, some people in the South, uh, Southern United States, um, actually blame the White River Monster for, you know, their defeat um, during the Civil War. Because <laughs> I guess they said, you know, that there was a large cavalry of uh, soldiers that were going to be marching north. And uh, this White River Monster, I believe like it was in Arkansas, you know, this is where the White River is at. And I guess like a large lake monster, you know, a, a northern sympathizer, if you will, uh, knocked over and drowned um, an entire boat of uh, southern Confederate soldiers, um, drastically, you know, turning the tables, you know, during the Civil War. So that was one story that I thought was kind of funny, like where it's just they blamed a river monster on the turning of the tides for the Civil War. But yeah, look at the White River Monster. It's, pretty, it's a pretty funny uh, story that, you know, a lot of, a lot of Confederate rebels uh, kind of cite as like where, where did it happen again? I believe in Arkansas. This is where oh, uh, okay. the White River was, but yeah, I guess like that's a big uh, thing over there in um, the White River monster. That's crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, man, do you got anything else, brother? That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, so with that said, everybody, um, make sure you're checking out all of our social media. Uh, post you know on twitter on instagram and all that stuff under art and jacob do america um i believe we're gonna have an official another official website we have one right now but i believe art over here is um so i bought the domain name i um i'm trying to work on it right now because right now it's like podbean it's more of a directory you have to be on the actual website to to get on there to 
to do anything. But to have a real website was something I was like, well, I don't just have that. It's just, it's, it wasn't that big of a deal. And right now I'm working on a bunch of websites anyway. So I might as well throw my hat in and do this one on the side. So I was like, might as well. And I like what Sofa Kings have going on on their website. And I like what other websites are doing. So I wanted to really put that together and see what happens. So maybe in a week or two, that'll be up. Yeah. So you can catch up on all of the things Art and Jacob, you know, make sure you check out our T public, you know, just search Art and Jacob do America there. I'm sure Art will throw a link on there. Uh, we, we have masks now. So if you want to, if you're going out into the public and you know, you don't want to rely on, you know, some janky, you know, mask that you bought on the side of the road, you know, near a gas station, if you will, or, you know, you know, take up supplies, you know, from our, you know, our frontline workers, you know, the medical staff, nurses and whatnot. Uh, just go to tpublic.com. We have masks on there. We have three different designs, you know, the official logo, uh, our Ride the Lightning logos there, as well as, you know, the, the zigzag. Now. So it's your choice, which you can, what you want to do if you want to support that. So if you also want to support us, you know, we have a Patreon, you know, Arn Jacob Do America there, um, where, you know, you can join a different tier and every tier will get to a different, um, a different, um, different content if you will you know sometimes we ramble on on these episodes and you know we have extra content we have to throw out there we don't know what to do with it you know i have a whole almost a whole full hard drive full of that stuff so uh, we'll be releasing that out i know this past week you know i sent out a bunch of uh, you know sticker packs and you know business cards and you know pins and whatnot so i'm sending those out to the people that actually you know you know interact with you know art and us you know on you know the official facebook group you know whether it be email or hey like Nicole Smith Bosch, you know, you actually made us the designer or whatever. I'm going to take care of you. You know, or if you're a longtime fan, you know, like Alex, uh, we, you know, I sent her a bunch of stuff out too. So, you know, keep doing the thing, supporting us and Hey, you'll get rewarded for that. Um, but basically we just want to make this podcast better. I know right now these episodes, these last few episodes are a little, a little odd, you know, cause you know, we're not, you know, you don't get that live, you know, interaction, you know, I listen back to some of these episodes and there's that, that pause in between, you know, due to technology and latency. But, you know, as soon as we get back in the studio, you know, my goal is to make this podcast as, as best as we can. So, you know, the only way we can do that is, you know, hey, <laughs> you got to help us out a little bit. So uh, with that said, Art, do you have anything else? Uh, tell your mama you boo with too. Shout out to Elizabeth Jackman. Shout out to Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah. So with that said, everybody, um, be careful out there in those waters. Later.